Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport Podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. Alright, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 105 of the Restoring Report podcast. We're super excited for the content we've got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a podcast about keeping marriage and family as central goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of many distractions. And we really hope that you have been enjoying the content of 2023. Landon and I are now several episodes into the new year, even though today is actually actually January 31st, the last day of 2022 that we're recording this. So, But we hope you guys have been enjoying the content that we've been uh, scheduling for you guys in 2023. We hope it's uh, blessing you and giving you some insight into the current situation of our generation. And today we've got a really cool article by Brad Wilcox on msn.com that we're going to be reviewing for you guys. Um, It is entitled The Married Mom Advantage. Uh, It was published just Tuesday, so this is a brand new piece. And I would imagine, based on what I know about Brad Wilcox, you guys know that we usually agree with him 100% of the time on everything he says. He does a lot of work with uh, PragerU and uh, those people. I think he's maybe even, I don't think he's done research, but I think he's a really good... um, studious person in the sense of he knows a lot of the stats coming out of uh, studies on the family and culture today. So uh, really excited for um, what we've got for you guys in that realm. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. It says here, judging by its press since COVID began, you might think that married motherhood is a pathway to misery and immiseration. Married heterosexual motherhood in America, especially in the past two years, is a game no one wins, wrote Amy Shearn in one of the many New York Times op-eds about the difficulties of marriage in the time of COVID. I think that's a load of (laughs) bullcrap. So, uh, sorry, Amy Shearn, uh, but again, she writes for the New York Times, so it's not, you know, a a huge shock to me. I know a lot of the stuff that comes out of the New York Times is a very uh, progressive in the sense of not really clinging to the values of the nuclear family and not really trying to prioritize the nuclear family as a goal for the young generation. So that doesn't really surprise me, but we do draw a firm line in the sand here. As you guys no doubt know on this show that the nuclear family is a good thing and that it should be prioritized and pursued by the vast majority of young people today. We do argue that there are some exceptions that not everybody should get married and have children. Uh, but again, those are a very, very, very small portion of the population. It's not that um, for most people, 
for most people, that's not the case. But continuing on here, she says, moms are not okay. The pandemic triples anxiety and depression symptoms in new mothers. Um, that's one headline from Forbes magazine. And then Bloomberg went as far as to suggest that the family life was a financial dead end for women. And in, in an article headlined, women who stay single and don't have kids are getting richer. Um, and guys, I, I, I'm actually not going to argue with the fact that I think it is a. I think based on the stats that I've seen, it is a fact that women who stay single and pursue the career over a family make more money. Uh, the The opposite is true for men. Men who marry make more money, and uh, women who do not marry make more money, which I find extremely puzzling. And I want to get Landon's thoughts on that in a second. But um, my thoughts on it are: men are designed very much so to be married and they don't function as well when they're not and that obviously carries over into their workplace uh, and in addition to that fact they make more money because they have a family to support and frankly businesses understand that so they earn more um, but they're also willing to do whatever it takes to meet the needs of their family by you know doing whatever their job demands of them to make that money but Landon why do you think women who stay single uh, and don't have kids are getting richer well, to me, when you said that, I was kind of just like, yeah, duh. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you think about it, you you have these people that have kids. Obviously, those kids are a priority. Yeah. And when you have something that takes a priority over your work and the financial side of your life, obviously, you aren't going to be as worried about making money and saving money. Yeah. Um, you know, things happen. Um, especially when you have young kids and, you know, you, you're obviously you're going to have to spend some money. And yeah. uh, now for the men's side of that, where you were saying that men make more money while they're married, um, again, that, that doesn't surprise me too much because when, <clears throat> when you're a single guy, guys usually don't live in a way that is above their means mm. um, for mm. the most part in, in what yeah. I see. Um, you, you usually don't see guys who single guys going into huge amounts of debt mm. um, because yeah. a lot of the times materialism, and I think it's changing um, within this new, new generation, but for the most part, materialism wasn't a big pusher in, for guys. That's yeah. why you saw a lot of the mothers and women going and doing the shopping. Um, yeah. And and people were advertising more to women because women did more of the shopping. Um, yeah, guys usually just kind of we you know you buy what you need and you live according to your means. And I think that's what that article is talking about. Because if I'm single and I don't have anyone to provide for, I'm gonna work as much as I need to to be able to survive for myself. But when you have other people that you want to have everything, obviously you're going to work a little bit harder and you're going to right. put in more hours. Um, you know, you're going to be more apt to put in overtime, things like that. Hi guys, this is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. Yeah, for sure. The overtime thing was another thing I was going to bring up that when you, when you basically are incentivized to put in overtime so that you can support somebody else, that's when guys end up making a lot more money because they're willing uh, to work those longer hours or those harder jobs or those fill in the blanks because they have a family that they're providing for and they're meeting the needs of and they're actually giving, they're giving their family things that their family wants, maybe a nice house, nice cars, that kind of thing. 
Um, so things that are good for the family, they're willing to work longer hours for. And as far as the uh, single women are making more, um, that doesn't surprise me at all. I think the, the initial reaction, the initial thought I had was a video by Jordan Peterson that I'd heard recently on women who have entered the law profession and they've made partnership at a firm somewhere very successful, making tons of money, but they also work like 70 hours a week and they don't really have much of a life outside of that. And they have no life in the sense of family mm -hmm. life. They don't have a husband. They don't have, you know, a romantic prospect really in their, their childless. So, uh, it's not, I would say that's definitely not a good way to live your life. I don't think that's a satisfying way to live your life. If you're a woman, I think you will reach a certain age, even if you enjoy it while you're young, if you enjoy making money and being free when you're young, I think you will reach a certain age when you're older when you'll realize that those things don't end up mattering as much and uh, you don't want to waste, I don't want to say waste, you don't want to go down a wrong road and then realize halfway down through your life that, hey, I chose the wrong thing. So I would definitely say that's a danger here and we need to consider what ma matters more in our life, our relationships or our material possessions or our status in society. But moving on here, he goes through a bunch of negative things about marriage by other people, and Brad Wilcox is very pro-marriage and pro-nuclear family, but he goes through a bunch of negative things that people have said about marriage, particularly during the COVID pandemic, and then he moves on to say, but all of this was negative commentary about marriage and motherhood, primarily written by far left-leaning, affluent, educated mothers. Is this, an is this an accurate reflection of reality? And today, as we put the worst of the pandemic behind us, are America's moms still screaming on the inside to borrow the title of Gross's new book? Are they socially and emotionally worse off than women without kids? I would definitely say no, and I think that's what he's going to say here, too. Let's move on and see. Actually, no. As tough as motherhood was during COVID, mothers were both happier and more financially secure than childless women during the pandemic. This gap existed before COVID, but it continued during the worst days of the pandemic, and it has remained since then. This phenomenon is especially noteworthy because moms and parents more generally used to be less happy than childless adults as recently as the 2000s, which is something that I've heard Jordan Peterson say. And what he said, he actually advises you have kids. And then how he justifies that is he says, you, happiness shouldn't be your ultimate goal as an adult because when you have the concern of another in your heart, when you're concerned for another person in your heart, that doesn't necessarily mean you'll be happy. You know, I, I'm more stressed out, not stressed, but I'm more, I don't know, I don't know what the exact word is. I'm more prone to disappointment when I have people in my life who I care about. You know, it's the old, you know, every villain in every film or book throughout history is like famous for saying, you know, attachments are weakness, uh, cast aside all connection to anybody. It's just something, it's just a weakness that can be exploited by your enemies. And that's what they say. And obviously nobody ever does that because we're, humans are social creatures. We're designed to have family. We're designed to get married. And Jordan Peterson's way of answering that is happiness should not be your ultimate goal. There are more important things in your life than happiness. You should be at the place uh, in your life, being mature is being at the place in your life when you can say, hey, I'm willing to pursue this goal of marriage and binding my life to this person. I'm willing to pursue this goal of raising a family and having children, even though my personal happiness might take a hit from that in a very um, shallow sense. In other words, I might not feel happy all the time, but my level of satisfaction with my life will go up. But perhaps those feelings of happiness that I had before I had more responsibility uh, go away. And Jordan Peterson is basically saying, you know, the trade-off there is worth it. It is worth having children and pursuing the goal of marriage. It is worth it, even if you lose a bit of that shallow happiness. Landon, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think that this comes brings us back to a verse in Romans 
um, Romans mm-hmm. 5, 3 through 5. Uh, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. But God's mm-hmm. love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So it's like, he straight up tells you, <laughs> you're not going to sit here and just be happy all the time. Yeah. Um, but but what you have to do is you have to rejoice in the suffering that you may have to endure, because that's going to make you, that's going to give you endurance, so you're able to endure more suffering, which will then produce you a better character, which will then produce more hope. And then as you continue to gain this hope, you won't be shameful of all this suffering. Yeah. You, you know, you have hope for a better life, which we get through the Holy Spirit. Super good, man. Super good. I love that. that that's, hope, I think, is a higher value than happiness because hope Absolutely. transcends situational as, as, hope transcends the situation happiness doesn't happiness is subject to you know whatever is going on around you often yeah. oftentimes for most people happiness is subject to what's going on around you hope can occur in the most miserable situations that you can possibly imagine and even people have been through situations throughout history that are worse than i can possibly imagine and they've still had that hope they've yeah. still still been able to cling to that and write that in their biographies or whatever tell their friends yeah. about it or their allies and my local church pastor uh he always he talked about um, happiness versus joy. Mm. Um, you know, when we have the joy of the Lord, that comes from our hope and our faith. Yeah. And, uh, you know, happiness is fleeting, and you may be happy right now, but that doesn't mean that five minutes from now something's not going to come and chop you down. Mm-hmm. But if you have joy and you have hope and you have faith, that is what continues to carry you through. And I think yeah. that seeing, we always uh, hear about from the mouths of babes. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that kind of fuels our faith. We get to see how these kids just have a childlike view of the world and they're, mm. they're so faithful and they have so much hope. And, uh, you know, I think that is what brings you back to that joy. Um, it yeah. may not make you happy all the time, but, but it's yeah. about the joy that it brings you. I think it's incredibly important to for you guys to hear what Lana just said there, drawing the distinction between joy or satisfaction and happiness, because I think there is a major distinction. And, you know, when we hear, you know, famous intellectuals like Jordan Peterson saying parents are less happy, but they're more fulfilled or parents are less happy, but they're more satisfied with their life. I think he's totally on point there. And even from the non, I don't have kids yet, but I can still tell you that, that is very true as a teacher. Um, I care about my kids in my class, man. I've, I really care about them. And but that's not because my life has gotten easier since they've mm-hmm. entered it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. My life has gotten a lot harder since I've become responsible in some sense for these kids. Right. My life has gotten a lot harder since I've become emotionally invested in the course of their life. But ultimately, I am way more satisfied now than I was before I met them. Hi, guys. I want to take a quick break and tell you about an opportunity that you guys have as listeners to become subscribers of this podcast. Now, in order to become a sub, all you have to do is follow the subscribe link in the show notes found in the description of each episode. And when you subscribe, you'll get access to exclusive material, including additional interviews, 
all of my spoken word poetry pieces, all of my dramatized allegorical short stories, and even more of my article readings, okay? So lots of content will be available to you that won't be available to anyone else. Subscribing to the show only costs $5 a month, which is less than most people spend on their lunch at work every day, okay? So you won't even notice it disappearing from your bank account. If you enjoy listening to the show and you're looking for an opportunity to financially support the content you care about, this is your chance, okay? Follow the link in the show notes to become a sub. Thank you so much for choosing this show to listen to. And now, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. You know, because in the end, I think we are designed as humans. We're biologically wired as givers. We're designed to give everything that we have and teach those younger than us. So I think that having kids is the natural way to do that. I mean, it's very, it's very clear humans have a sex drive to reproduce and they have, they reproduce in order to continue the species and you continue the species by pouring into the younger generations. I mean, that's how they, that's how the human race continues is by older people telling what they know to young ears who then listen, learn from it, uh, adapt it perhaps, but in the end, draw all the wisdom they can from it and then pass the same on to their children. So I think that's an absolutely awesome point. And again, that is what leads to satisfaction and joy, like Landon said, not necessarily happiness. There's going to be, you know, painful times when you're very sad or very disappointed or very nervous or very anxious for your children or your spouse. But in the end, the satisfaction that comes and the joy that comes from choosing God's road is always worth it. So that's what, that's what I would say. And he, Brad Wilcox kind of says the same in this next paragraph. He says, in 2020, 69% of mothers ages 18 to 55 were completely or somewhat satisfied with their life. Completely or somewhat satisfied with their life compared with 61% of childless women the same age, according to our analysis of data from the Yuka, and then they give the link here, which annually surveys 3,000 Americans. So 69% of mothers ages 18 to 55 were completely or somewhat satisfied with their life versus 61% of childless women. And, And to bring that into perspective, I would guess that this is just an assumption that I'm making, but... I would guess that if you change those demographics to married mothers, ages yeah. 18 to 55, and mm-hmm. I think that that number is going to raise tremendously. I think that you will see, yeah. um, you know, that 69% jump, um, you know, a pretty, pretty substantial amount because yeah. that from the way this sounds, that's talking about single mothers as well. Yes, you're right. And that obviously nobody would say that that is the best way uh, to raise children. I don't think any, anybody would art make the point that would try to argue that it's better to raise a child with one parent than it is to raise them with both a present mother and father. So you're 100% right there, um, guys. And this, what also, what also strikes me about this is that he's got quite a large sampling here. It's 3000 Americans. Um, I mean, based on the studies I've seen, that's pretty, that's a pretty decent size. And a lot of the studies I've also seen, Landon, what do you think about this? A lot of the studies I've seen say that, I'm, I'm trying to pause and put this into the exact right words here because it's it's very difficult. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that getting married is the best option for men. It's all like 99.999% of the time, it's the best option for men. Mm-hmm. Uh, women, I think it is a little more complicated and I still think that women are intended to marry, but I've also seen evidence so, for example, I've seen evidence that just on satisfaction surveys, I've seen women report that they are 
unhappy even when they're in marriage sometimes more so than men men usually say they're happy and very satisfied with with their life when they're married and what i think that is is i think there's a lot of um sometimes there's abuse that occurs in marriages and i think that really damages uh the the statement that women are always happy happy happier when they're married i think it can go both ways for women i think they can really um live a better life they can live the best life that they are possibly capable of living when they are married. But I also think that uh, it, selecting a mate and, and crossing the line into a committed relationship can be dangerous for them. Obviously, they're more vulnerable is what I mean. So I, I think it becomes a little more complicated there. Um, and for that reason, I think that's why re- women report um, you know, dissatisfaction with their marriage more often than men do. What do you think, on, what do you think about that? I think that... When we speak about marriage, I think that we really have to include motherhood and fatherhood into the conversation. Mm. And and yeah. it's it's so hard to make a definitive statement on mm-hmm. why women are unhappy because I, I genuinely believe that as women and men, we are wired to be mothers and fathers. Now, that is not to say that if you can't have a baby that there you won't ever be happy mm-hmm. but there there are these things inside of us there there's this natural um impulse to be yeah. motherly and to be fatherly and yeah. um i think that and again this is just my opinion but i think that right, right, right. when you are in a marriage and you don't have anything to project that natural tendency onto mm-hmm. I think that that can create dissatisfaction. Um, and then you, you start to see a lot of times you have, a, and statistically, men are losing testosterone levels, their their sperm counts are dropping. So I think that we might be seeing some dissatisfaction from women that may oh. be pointed towards the fact that they can't have that fulfillment. Uh, yeah through the person that they chose to be married to. So that's that's just something that came to my mind is, you know, whenever you have this natural, um, you know, wanting to have a kid, if that can't be fulfilled through the person that you've got married to, then that can cause some issues. Yeah, for sure. I didn't even think of that, but that's 100% true. I mean, people are, I've, I've seen the numbers on this and I can't bring them up to the top of my head, but I've seen the research that shows the amount of children being born today is much uh, lower. The number of children being born today is much lower um, proportionally to last generation. Like the last generation was having more kids, way more kids at a higher rate. Um, and today's is not. So I, I, you know, you gave a couple of reasons for that there. I think there's even more. Yeah. I, maybe I think one day we can touch on that on an episode on why for sure. these things are happening and what can we do to help um, yeah. you know, continue to grow as a, as a humanity, um, and yeah. continue to take care of ourselves as men and as women, there are things that we could be doing. And there's, there is, uh, statistics out there to back it up and to make sure that we know what we can do to help raise that yeah. sperm count and help raise the testosterone levels that'll help us to be able to fulfill these things. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I want to investigate that for sure. Maybe next episode we can hit that. But guys, for today, the main thing that I want you to take away from this is women are happy in their marriages and we did not and and their families more specifically. We did not get 
too far into this article, but he goes on to talk about, I mean, the title of his article is The Married Mom Advantage. So he's really arguing that married moms, both of those things, not just moms and not just married, married moms are very satisfied with their life. And, you know, the the statistic that he gave in his study of 3,000 people was that in 2020, 69%, almost 70% of mothers ages 18 to 55 were completely or somewhat satisfied with their life. And that's just mothers. I'm sure he goes on into this article and, and explains exactly what Landon said of that number goes up even further when you add married to the equation. So when they're married mothers, they're going to be even more satisfied because that's the intended uh, what I would say is God's design. They're designed to have a spouse to help partner with them in raising children. Yes. So obviously they're going to be more satisfied in those situations. So we really hope you guys have enjoyed this article, though. Uh, reach out and let us know what you thought of it through the link in the show notes. You can send us a personalized audio voice message. For those of you guys who don't know what show notes are, whenever you click listen on the podcast, just click the show more button or the uh, extend button or whatever it looks like on your podcast listening service. And then it'll drop down. It'll give you all of our sources, some info about the episode, and then some links that you can use to contact us. So we'd really appreciate it if you guys reached out and let us know what you thought of each episode and what we do. We really appreciate that. It makes us feel super connected to you guys. So you can also follow the Restoring Report podcast on social media, Instagram and Facebook, as well as Landon and myself, uh, if you would like to see what we post there. Thank you guys so much for listening today, and we will talk to you next time.